It is that time of the week when we visit with our friend Jamie Court. Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, the president of Consumer Watchdog. And you can find him online, consumerwatchdog.org. It's not just Jamie Court, the president. There's a lot of great folks at consumerwatchdog.org. And if you're hearing this on Friday, of course, this is yesterday's show. We're doing one show to fit two days because Mike Live is being married today, Friday. So we're live Thursday. This is a rerun Friday. Jamie, for you and me, it's it's our regular slot. Thanks so much for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. It's always great to be here. Well, Jamie, we've got three enormous topics, despite all the else that's going on here. Uh, I saw you on TV last night. I was channel surfing, turned on the local news, and Francis Nironica said, hey, there's Jamie. And then we turned on the sound, because it's you. I want to actually hear what you were saying. And you were talking about Google and Amazon spying on us. Jamie, this isn't the government, but it's still really creepy. And private industry spying on us, how are they doing this? Well, it's even creepier. You know, they're giving away practically these digital assistants, uh, Amazon Alexa or uh, Google Home or the Echo. I mean, literally, like, you know, Google's giving it away for $29 and uh, at Home Depot. And, and you wonder why it's so cheap. Well, what they're doing is putting these home, digital home assistants in people's homes, and they are literally surveillance devices. We've pulled the patents for these devices and their potential uses. And they are unbelievably revealing. So what these devices are, in, are developed to do is not just listen uh, when you ask them a question, when they're awake, which is what the companies say they do. They don't listen when, they're, when you don't ask a question of them. What they're there to do is to really surveil your home from when you and how many times you flush the toilet. Literally, these are in the patents to when you have children in a room. There's a patent for when you have children in a room and there's a lot of motion from children, but they're silent. There's a protocol to infer that children are being um, uh, mischievous and then to record and report that. So they're watching your children. There's a patent uh, diagram that explains this. There's a patent diagram that explains they're watching what you have on your bedside table, what you're reading, so that they can then suggest movie titles based on those books. What they're doing is surveilling you in your home as a way of getting a dossier on you so that they can basically not sell that information to advertisers, but tell corporate advertisers of every stripe, look, if you're a pharmaceutical company, uh, we're going we're gonna to sell uh, this home as a prime target for you because, you know, they have three people living in there, but they flush the toilet 20 times a day. And literally, uh, these are the activities described in this patent. So we did a press conference to reveal this to the public, what the design is for these devices. And we don't know how much of it's happening today versus how much of it's happening in the future. But the point is, this is the intent of these corporations. That's why they file patents, to make profits. They should be paying us to put these devices in our homes. And so we said to people, this is what's going on. And Google and Amazon you know, don't really have an answer other than we're not doing that right now. Uh, and... It's not clear to me whether they are doing it now, but it is clear to me that they have built these things as Trojan horses to put in your home wow. as a way of creating a huge profit center for the company. It's not wow. about helping you. Wow. It's about making money for them. <laughs> and we're telling people, be very careful if you buy these, but if you buy them, make sure you unplug them, you take the power source away when you don't need them, because these devices are capable and designed to surveil you and to spy on you and wow. spy on your kids. 
Well, Jamie, when I was back practicing law back in the day and I would find some nefarious business practice and I'd take it to a judge, very often I'd find these Republican judges who would be trying to bend over backwards to be protective of business interests, but they would find the practice that I'd be suing over rather odious. So they would come up with the, the judges would say, well, how about disclosure? Isn't disclosure enough? And I ended up in a lot of cases arguing with judges as to whether disclosure creates legal immunity, right? Okay, if I disclose to you I'm selling cocaine, is it okay I sell cocaine? The judges never seem to like that argument. But Jamie, at a minimum, I mean, this is the discussion that reminds me of this, because at a minimum, I'm really glad you were on TV discussing this because people need to know that these things are spies in your home. And Jamie, there are issues that flow from this. For example, not just the gathering information for commercial purposes, but what about sharing it with the government? What if the go we have we have lots of evidence of the government working with Microsoft and Google and these other companies? What if the government said we want all kinds of information on our citizens? And lo and behold, here are these guys with it and hand it over, right? Without even our knowledge, without even a search warrant. There are warrants being issued over you know, there was, a, there was a murder case, and uh, they used one of these home digital assistants to detect whether someone was washing the body clean. Wow. Based on cool. Wow. Yeah, so it's happened. You talk and, about and, a connected and, and home. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little too connected for my taste, huh? the, the other, the other, The other aspect of it is the hack. When you have that much information about you and your health and your family in one place, even these companies, which you know are very sophisticated, obviously in terms of their encryption, Google and Amazon, that information often gets to data brokers because people either you know companies get hacked. Every company, I mean, if credit bureau like it, you know, Equifax can get hacked. So can Google. So can Amazon. The other critical thing here is a lot of the activities in these patents are targeted towards children. There's one example of a 15-year-old holding a basketball, and we market them a sports camp. Now. My 15-year-old son, my 14-year-old son, is holding, you know, some kind of ball and starts to talk to me about why he can't go to some sports camp, which is going to cost me $1,000. might not be in my interest. That's certainly not helping me. So I, these, these patents are really describing activity that the company engineers envision as a way of marketing us, marketing our kids, keeping track of this information. And I don't think people who pick up these devices have any clue. In fact, the reaction just from the media and the articles, uh, or in the in the you know the, the the reporters and the anchors when we showed them this, uh, was really revealing. People you know who are really in the know don't understand the whole concept. So the public needs to know more. Jamie, I'm really glad you're raising this issue, but there's so many big issues we got to discuss, and we've got we've got an M&A that we need to discuss. That is mergers and acquisitions in the legal trade. They call it M&A. But if you're just joining us, boy, you just missed an awesome six minutes of radio. We're talking to our friend Jamie Court, spelled C-O-U-R-T, and Consumer Watchdog goes to court for consumers. Check him at consumerwatchdog.org. And Jamie, I, next week we'll be talking with our friend David Lazarus from the LA Times about CVS and Aetna. There have been mergers. I've been railing against Charter, which is a merger of Time Warner Cable and Bright House and a bunch of others. And I researched the way they came to be. It's all big borrowed money leverage buyouts mergers and acquisitions this is not this is not capitalism this is a joke this is criminality and now we find fox and disney emerging i'm serious are you kidding me jamie where does this end and what is going on with the fox and disney merger now well i mean if you look at the entertainment industry as a product this is really really dangerous i mean we've got 
the two leading motion picture, uh, theatrical motion picture uh, companies in terms of uh, content and distribution. They both own huge sports franchises. Disney owns ESPN. Fox has the Fox uh, Sports channels. Uh, and, and, you know, we are looking at a merger of two entertainment conglomerates that are capable, uh, if they have the wrong attitude about it all, of withholding content from streaming platforms like Netflix and from competitors, maybe even from DirecTV, as a way of driving people to their own platforms and their own, uh, they have broadcast TV stations and broadcast channels. So if you give this type of leverage, I mean, if, if we look at the movie market, if we look at the sports market, if we look at TV channels and entertainment, I would venture to say this combined company, and we're going to investigate this Disney Fox, would have, uh, you know, more than half of all movies made in America distributed in America. They would have more than half of, you know, of, of the, 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 the sports, uh, you know, cable broadcast market. And when you have that kind of leverage, you can change the fates of other companies and competitors in ways that are very dangerous. So we're going to dig a little deeper, but we're going to oppose the merger because it's a merger that, you know, the, these companies have content and they have outlets and they have distribution pipes, and it's very dangerous to give this much consolidated power to a new new entity like this. It's not going to be good for consumers. It could drive up the prices of relatively cheap streaming platforms. It could drive up, uh, you know, you may have DirecTV, but you'll no longer get Disney slash Fox movies. Well, you're going to need another. You're going to need to pay Disney and Fox to go to their portal to get them. That's more money in your pocket, out of your pocket. So it's not going to be good for consumers if it goes through. And who knows what the entertainment industry, you know, um, you know, is going to have, you know, in store as, 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 a, as, a, as pushback on this. And who knows what the Justice Department or Trump political allegiances are here other than Rupert Murdoch is going to make a, mo- a lot of money on the deal. <laughs> we know he has a bit of an end with the president, so it's probably a done deal. But you know, mm. states have to affirm these. Uh, the Attorney General in California. There's a lot of danger that we're going to have to talk about in the next uh, over the next year before this deal is approved. Well, Jamie, each of these companies right now, already before the merger, Fox and Disney, they're each titans all by themselves. Now you put them together, and you're talking about a, an entity of just monstrous proportions. And Jamie, it's interesting you mentioned Trump because his administration is officially in court now opposing uh, the Time Warner AT and T merger. The theory, of course, which I subscribe to, is it has to do with CNN. Trump said, get rid of CNN so he can isolate him and crush him. And Time Warner said, no, we're not selling off that subsidiary. Thank you. So they're in a big fight with the government. Is there any chance of, even for the wrong reasons, getting Trump people to do the right thing here and oppose the Fox-Disney merger because they're not bribing Trump with enough money? I mean, doing the right thing for the wrong reason is still doing the right thing these days. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is. It depends who Trump's close to. So you got Reed Hastings, who owns Netflix, as I recall. He's a uh, Republican. He probably gave to Trump. I don't know, but I know he gave to other Republicans. Uh, maybe he's tight with Trump. Maybe Peter Thiel doesn't like this, and you know, in the Silicon Valley, and uh, it it probably does challenge some of Facebook's uh, uh, news identity here, uh, and I and and entertainment power. Uh, you know, so if the people who are close to Trump whisper in his ear, I'm sure there are enough rank and file attorneys at the Department of Justice 
who have very good reasons to make a recommendation to oppose this merger, they might find a soft political ear in the president uh, just because he's close to some people who are going to be on the losing side of this thing. I'm sure the telecom companies that just got a huge victory in overturning net neutrality, AT&T does not like this. Verizon does not like it. The cable companies don't like it. They're all going to have to deal with this new entity that's going to demand higher prices for content that they're going to have to pass on to their customers. Well, Jamie, it's interesting that you mentioned net neutrality now. So it's a, a, a merged Fox Disney would have beefs with these other titans. So let's talk about these other titans and net neutrality because, Jamie, today, net neutrality, they're, they're going to repeal it. The three to two Republican majority, the, the public, I guess, is now figuring out that whoever's in the White House gets to control the FCC. When there's a Democrat in the White House, the Democrats have the majority in the FCC. So we get net neutrality. When the Republicans come in, they have the majority. So they get get rid of net neutrality and now we can have a ping pong game going back and forth and jamie what does it mean now that the fcc is taking away not only net neutrality but saying to the extent anything needs to be policed we'll let the federal trade commission handle it we're basically going to the beach for the next three and a half years have a nice day well i think it, it means that uh, the gains since the 2015 rule went in are really in jeopardy we we assured with this vote, and I remember listening to the, the commission debate this. It was like a, a, a literally like a civil rights movement here. They they talked about how this is going to make sure that just because you don't have a lot of money to pay, that your streaming service isn't going to be slow, your your access isn't going to be slow. Well, by reversing the rule, they really put in danger the the idea that we have these two lanes on the internet. That there's a fast lane and there's a slow lane, and you're in the slow lane if you can't pay enough. So what it means, for instance, is companies will be able to favor certain type of contents in potentially dangerous ways. And if you got a cell phone that's very low in cost, maybe it's credo and you're supporting a cause, uh, maybe you're not going to be able to stream Netflix and you're going to have a lot of glitches because you're not paying enough and the company's not getting enough tribute. And someone who's paying more business customers is going to have very fast speeds and you're not. So that type of uh, two-lane highway uh, is anathema to the internet we've developed since 2015, companies are going to be freer to make those types of choices and to punish people uh, who don't give them enough money. That's that's a really dangerous situation for people who don't have the money to pay but need the access. And, and, and you know, our kids have all become very dependent on streaming information for their schoolwork. I mean, not just for Netflix, but, you know, my son does his homework on, you know, CNN 10. Uh, and they're used to having this access on the phone uh, and it's used, and they're used to it being relatively cheap compared to what you know the cost of it uh, would be in a world without net neutrality. Well, there's no question that consumers are going to be leveraged to pay more if they want to have the same type of uh, streaming quality they have now. And that's what's dangerous about this rule: it's discrimination. Uh, and it's going to allow the internet to pick its losers uh, and its winners. Well, Jamie, the, my argument has been all along that politics is everything and that we can take any situation, and net neutrality is a classic example, and trace it right back to political decisions. The FCC is controlled by the party in the White House. The party in the White House is decided by the voters. Everything's political. It's it's not even six degrees of separation. Everything is a political decision, and political decisions have lots and lots of consequences. And, Jamie, you know that. I know that. Everybody else needs to figure it out, and we're trying our best. Jamie, i got to leave it there, but it's always awesome to visit with you. Three immense topics that we've covered just right here, and those aren't even the top of the news topics. But, Jamie, it's always great to have you as part of the team. Find Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, and all of his great colleagues at ConsumerWatchdog.org 
where they are watching out for us. Jamie, happy holidays. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Nora. Happy holidays to you.